Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 7 o'clock, welcome back. 94 WIP on a uh, beautiful Saturday evening in the Delaware Valley. John Johnson with you. And our next guest, our main guest of the evening, sports columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times, Intelligencer, Burlington County Times, covered the 76ers since the Charles Barkley era. His name is Tom Moore. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, sir. If I'm your main guest, you must have had a lot of people cancel on you. <laughs> so, Tom, I, I, we, I have so much I want to talk to you about. I'm glad you could jump on with me on a Saturday evening. Let, let me start with this. We'll start with Sixers. Brett Brown, sure. uh, yesterday, he was supposed to give us about 30 minutes of his time, and uh, all the credit in the world to him. He said, let's go longer. You guys want to go longer? Go for it. And we ended up talking to him for about 60 minutes. Uh, let's start with this. Um, as so many basketball fans are wondering if the season will resume, in the early goings, one of the things Brett said, I had it was a bit of a head-scratcher in my opinion, where he said like he felt like the rug had been pulled out from underneath them, that they're a historically good team late in the season, and obviously with the play halting, that couldn't happen. Uh, uh, Tom, your thoughts on just him making that comment? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I know the, you know, what was it, two years ago when they got Bellinelli and uh, Ilyasova, and what did they win their last 16? Yes. You know, and Embiid was out. I mean, they, they have closed the season well. I, I agree with that. But this year, it, I mean, even 60, whatever it was, 65 games in, you know, we're still searching for, you know, the right combinations. And uh, if you recall, before Embiid and Simmons got hurt, um, Horford went to the bench in favor of, I guess it was um, Shake Milton, you know, had been inserted into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So there were, there, there were were a lot of moving parts and a lot of things going on. Um, and I know the history, you know, that they have been a good team down the stretch. And it's possible that that would have happened. But I would say perhaps the indications, um, you know, or some of the signs or some of the progressions that had occurred other years were not as apparent this year. Um, and, you know, Simmons would have missed a good chunk, if not all, of the rest of the regular season, the last 17 games. Mm-hmm. So, yes, historically, <laughs> yes. This year, 
I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah, not so much. Um, uh, next question I have for you. You wrote about this, uh, uh, which is available right now. I would suggest anybody want to see the link to uh, this story about Joel Embiid at Tom Moore Philly. So uh, when discussing the possibility of returning, he went into details on what he wants from certain players. And when he went to specifically Embiid, he talked about wanting him to be in great shape and how Joel said he wants to be in great shape. And I don't know, kind of the details that Brett went into, I kind of drew the assumption that Embiid isn't in the shape or even near where he wants him to be at the current time, which isn't totally surprising, but we all have that assumption with Joel. Uh, And then he also threw in there that he would like from Embiid, if the season does resume, looking at the playoffs, he would like him to play 38 minutes a game. Uh, Tom, is that being realistic? Uh, I mean, based on the history and based on, you know, I mean, he hasn't been healthy yet in the playoffs, you know, whether it's injury, illness, or some combination. But, yeah, his minutes were down this year. Um, I mean, you remember the two games he missed for fighting um, Carl Anthony Towns when he came back, you know, five days later, you know, had clearly gained some weight. You could see the difference. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, even if, you know, he's saying three weeks, uh, you know, he'd like a three-week kind of training camp preseasonal type thing to get ready for the the season. Mm-hmm. Um, even if there are some regular season games made up, you know, I think it's going to be difficult. It, it, you know, it, it's always been a, a progression for, you know, Joel Embiid. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, and, and on the one hand, Brett was saying, like, we can't make a lot. we got to keep it simple. We can't make a lot of big adjustments. But on the other hand, we wanted to do this, which, you know, would be – an adjustment coming from where, you know, he, he came from. So I think that would be ideal, but I, is it realistic? I would say probably not. Right. Uh, and, well, I, <laughs> I, we all, and Brett's always going to be the eternal optimist with his two-star players and generally doesn't ever throw them under the bus. Um, he also said how he felt like, you know, his team was built for the playoffs. Tom, you've covered the 76ers since Charles Barkley. From what you've seen – Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe some people are just, you know, basing stuff on what they've seen in the regular season. Do you think this Sixers team is built for the playoffs? Well, I mean, typically in the playoffs, um, you know, the the pace slows down. It's more of a grinded-out half-court offense-type game. Um, And if Joel Embiid is playing down on the block and is in very good shape, um, you know, I think he's he's a huge, you know, weapon. Um, ben Simmons more, you know, is better, is a good half-court point guard, very good vision, you know, distributes the ball well, gets to his teammates. But he is better, I would say, in more of an up-tempo, push-it-up run, um, you know, attack. Mm. So, and, you know, they still had to figure out, I, I would assume, that uh, that Horford would be coming off the bench um, as a backup, mainly a backup five. Um, you know, they're, they're actually shooting more three-pointers this year than last year, about one and a half a game more, despite not having a three-point, knockdown three-point shooter like J.J. Redick. They ha- didn't really replace him. Right. Um, with their size, you would think that the whole Brett Lick song about bully ball, that you try to pound it more, but that is not the way that it has worked out. Um, you know, you live by the three and you die by the three. I, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, that. I don't know that I would necessarily agree with that either, John. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the eternal optimist here. Let me, uh, Tom, more nice enough to join us tonight. Um, 
Red Brown ta- also talked about how he's been watching The Last Dance. And, you know, he, he said it's really hard to compare during his time in the glory days of San Antonio because the Bulls were, I think he compared them to like the Beatles, how they were the biggest show in town everywhere they went. Um, but then he further went into just the killer mentality that, that Jordan had. And, you know, it's insulting to compare anybody to Michael Jordan who can is arguably one of, the, if not the greatest player of all time. But, you know, when you look at the Sixer squad and you're trying to compare it and hoping they're watching and you're thinking, what do the Sixers not have that maybe a team like the Bulls did have? Uh, and the, the first thing people think of is having that killer leader with that killer instinct who will take the bull by the horn, so to speak. Um, Tom, you've covered the Sixers for a very long time. You have a great read on players. Do the Sixers maybe have that guy and maybe it just hasn't come out of him yet? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, last year, I think, you know, they, they had that guy in Jimmy Butler. You know, he has that mentality. He's certainly not the player, you know, Kobe Bryant or, or uh, Jordan were. Um, but he had more of that mentality. And, you know, I think Embiid perhaps can get there. It's not quite there yet. And, you know, Simmons has some elements of it, but the same thing, you know, needs to obviously, you know, improve that mid-range game and, and you know, deal with, teams backing off him and you know uh and and so on um so probably not where you want to be yet have that guy where you know he's going to have the ball at the end of the game with the game on the line Mm -hmm. but you know perhaps you know i mean they're what 25 and 23 let's be fair so and that is you know there aren't a lot of killers uh you know at that age in the nba if you look in the postseason and so on so i will give the benefit of the doubt there Okay. Um, final Sixers question or NBA question I have for you, uh, Tom, before we go to a little baseball conversation. Uh, Brett was asked, I think, at the very end about, you know, basically his future as head coach and, you know, his opinion on it. And I'm just curious yours, Tom. If the season doesn't resume, what do you think happens with Brett? It is such a difficult question because, you know, you have – so many injuries and issues, as he said, 19 games with a starting five. Now, a little bit of an asterisk there that that was, wouldn't have been the starting five after whatever the date was in early February when Horford went to the bench. That was the plan, that Horford was going to come off the bench. So it wouldn't have continued even if Embiid and or Simmons you know, were healthy. But, yeah, I mean, this regular season, they haven't, you know, haven't done as well as this tied for fifth seed, which is the sixth seed with the – by losing the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Pacers. So, and you have to decide, is it, is it, are they underperforming or is there some, you know, chemistry issue? Do they, do, do the pieces just not fit? Is there something missing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what you have to do. But I mean, it's a very difficult question because like he said, let's have the playoffs and see what happens. And if they make a deep run or, or you know, get to the conference finals, Maybe that answers it for you. Um, if things don't <laughs> go as well, maybe that answers it for you too. Right. <laughs> it's going to be fascinating if you know, and we all hope they return. If they don't return, uh, their decision making there or their thought process to decide what's going to happen with Brett, because we know what the uh, majority of the fan outcry has been, right or wrong. So the reaction would be something. Um, let's go to Major League Baseball. So, um, as you well know, negotiations between players and uh, the owners is just a few days in, and it's already gotten ugly. First, I need your reaction to what Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Blake Snell had to say the other day. Take a listen, and then I'm curious 
uh, your thoughts on it. Here's what Blake's, uh, Blake Snell said just a few days ago. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, so all that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? Um, time and place, I would say. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, yeah, if they're playing, if the, if the season is going on and there's, you know, 37,000 fans average at a Major League Baseball game or whatever, but you have to realize what's going on. There's not going to be the revenue, you know, uh, the fans going to game and concessions and parking and, you know, buying jerseys and stuff like that. So uh, clearly it, it, across the board, all sports are going to be uh, affected. So it's either sort of a lack of understanding or it's just a, a narrow, you know, kind of a tunnel vision type thing because it, it's everybody's going to lose millions of dollars here millions and the owners and the you know the bigger money ones more than that so uh yeah i'm sorry that's you know (laughs) people aren't going to feel too sympathetic for sure or or shedding tears uh for that young man well as a follow-up to that uh or as an add-on to that i was uh, very surprised um that uh, bryce harper when asked about it made a comment on a public forum and you know in our time covering one season of Bryce Harper with the Phillies, Tom, and we've seen how he's always been forthright, he's been direct, he doesn't hide from you when you he has a bad game, and he's done all the right things uh, in his first season as a Philadelphia Philly. Well, yesterday, uh, when he was doing his, uh, uh, playing a video game online with Bryson Stott, and they were having a conversation, uh, and it was being live streamed, he made uh, these comments. Now, Tom, I understand, you know, I, you know, he's speaking on behalf of the Players Association, but in a t- there, there's a time and a place, and considering mm-hmm. where the situation so many people are in right now, when I hear, I'm glad somebody manned up and said it, that's my guy, I, that's bad optics, right? Yeah, I am surprised. That there's out of character, because he, he did seem to be, he, he, he has such a knack, whether he's coached schools or just has an innate sense, of saying the right thing. I mean, if you're really worried about, you know, the coronavirus getting COVID, you know, and you're afraid, I I understand that. But I I don't think that that's necessarily what's going on here. I think this is more, it sounds more financial oriented Mm -hmm. than health oriented, if you will. Um, And yeah, I, I don't, I thought some of his ideas that he put out on Instagram the other day about change baseball the rest of the year i thought some of those were very interesting right yeah the the proposal for the east and the west right and you know like the college world (laughs) series i mean i I mean they'll never do it but i thought i mean it it would shake things up a little bit and to me this is the kind of year in mlb nba and nhl specifically where if you're going to change something or try something different this is the year to do it because it's unlike any year that's ever happened before and probably will ever happen since Right. Yeah, you get creative. Right. You might. You might as That's well. This I, is. I thought some of those were very interesting. I know he got criticized. People said he lost his mind. But I thought some <laughs> of those were very. You know, I thought some of those 
were very interesting and, and you know, worth at least discussion, not necessarily, you know, happen. But I thought some of that stuff was, was really um, – was really intriguing. Final question I have for you, Tom Moore, uh, and it's been part of my conversation tonight, uh, just to kind of break things up and look at, you know, maybe the lighter side of things. You know, the track record of achieving the ultimate success uh, in Philadelphia sports professionally, you know, it's been few and far between. We get it. Since 83, only two teams have won it all. And, you know, rather than, as time goes by, when we look at the teams that fell just short, rather than uh, pointing out, how good certain players are. We always lead with, my God, if he, this guy didn't do this, we would have moved on and so on and so forth. So I've been kind of using a lot of the time this evening to maybe praise those who uh, didn't get the proper recognition at the time. So I imagine I know what sport you might go with, Tom, but uh, is there someone that you've covered in Philadelphia sports history who never really got the proper praise they deserved? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you could say Andrew Tony because he really was underappreciated, but those who knew, knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Celtics acquired Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge because of Andrew Tony. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's how, how much impact that guy had. But a guy that I liked later in the in the mid-late 2000s, was only here for two years, and Andre Miller. I, I just oh. was, as a professional uh, he played all 82 games. He was here for two and a half years, played all 82 each of the two years, um, could not jump, but would get fouled every time he did the head and shoulders <laughs> fake, which, you know, you just like, why would you jump? Andre, Andre Miller does not jump. Led the, was a leader of the team. And the most impressive thing to me was he was a prop 48 kid out of high, out of high school going to college, right. had to sit out his first year at Utah and graduated on time with Rick Majerus. Right. And, and I just thought, I just thought, he was a guy that kind of is told, I mean, did not win a championship, was not on any great teams, but just kind of lost in the shuffle and a, just a very good pro, excellent leader, uh, you know, as a point guard, and just got it. Andre Miller, was, uh, that, I never would have even considered Andre Miller. I lied, Tom. I have one more question. What's the, uh, what's the popcorn intake looking like these days? You know, I, I did go through a phase where I was having it most every day, but I kind of I, I've only had it maybe once in the last week. So Ooh. thanks for reminding me. I'll have to uh, <laughs> get the canola oil and the Oval Redenbachers out tonight and do it old school. His name is Tom Moore, sports columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times, Intelligencer, Burlington County Times. Uh, for links to all his stories, the latest sports news, follow him on Twitter if you don't already at Tom Moore Philly. Tom, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, John. Have a great evening. All right, Tom Moore, nice enough to join us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.